You're listening to the Mind Your Home podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the channel. Today I'm going to be talking about how often should you be decluttering, really, especially after you've already decluttered a space, like how often should you be re-decluttering? Well, good news, living in a clutter-free space is not about constantly decluttering and heavy-duty spring decluttering binges. Having said that, we will always have things that get consumed, things that expire, things that lose their effectiveness and purpose in our space. So letting go of stuff is just a part of life. But how often should you actually be decluttering, especially if the space has already been optimized? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about here today. There's some important considerations when determining a timeline for a good review of your belongings. And those are related to things like seasonality, the traffic flow, and just general life changes, to name a few. Some of these can't be predicted, so I'm going to focus more on the things that are predictable, predictable patterns of decluttering that'll help you to keep your space feeling functional and super optimized. And the first of those is related to seasonality, seasonal rotations. I often discuss how I manage to keep all of my winter and summer items, basically my year-round items, in my closet simultaneously. That way, everything is minimized and accessible at any given moment, and I know that my entire wardrobe is at a functional level for me. However, I don't live in frigid, cold climates. Like, we're not getting to zero and sub-zero degrees. I'm not needing the giant snow jackets and snow gloves and all of the extra accessories that go along with that. In colder climates, where the temperatures drop below zero degrees in the winter and they require all of these bulky items, it's more practical to rotate your wardrobe. Many items that are suitable for the milder temperatures can also transition into winter and summer. So layering pieces such as jackets, like covers, um, things that are versatile for various weather conditions, reduces the need for multiple rotations. In other words, when winter comes around, you don't then need to go through the effort of moving out all of your fall attire. This cuts the need for a quarterly declutter down to a biannual declutter, which works for most people. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're needing to declutter when you do these swaps, but typically there are at least a few items that don't make it to the next round. If we're being honest, there are things that don't fit the way that they used to fit or that have worn out over time or that we just found that, you know, you didn't wear them, you didn't reach for them. It wasn't your style that particular year. And so there's really no reason to store it away for the next year. The key, of course, is to always only retain the pieces that are regularly used. Are you going to use it next year? Well, did you use it this year? You know, there are a lot of things that we hold on to and we're like, oh, this is cute. I'll probably wear it next year. Switching over a wardrobe really is the best time to let go of things because it's an organic organic, natural progression to decluttering, which I think is always the best. It lessens the need for giant decluttering sprees later on because you haven't let things 
linger on year after year to the point that now it's going to be a big endeavor to go through and clean out those seasonal things. Aside from those seasonal or periodic transitions, decluttering frequency is going to largely depend on the traffic of an area. So for high traffic areas like closets, pantries, you know, regular decluttering is a must for maintaining order and accessibility, meaning that you can actually find and reach what it is that you need to find and reach on a regular basis. On the other hand, storage areas that are regularly touched, like maybe your garage storage closet, that's what immediately comes to mind for me, these spaces need significantly less less decluttering, although they're also typically larger projects when you do declutter them. So let's break this down a little bit. For high traffic, examples being things like pantries, daily use closets, kitchen counters, living rooms, bathrooms, the places where you're frequently interacting and engaging, I always recommend organic decluttering, which involves integrating decluttering into your daily routine. This approach prevents a buildup of clutter and really eliminates the need for extensive time-consuming, big decluttering sessions. Just moving throughout your day as you would organically, but doing little tiny micro decluttering steps throughout your day naturally. Having said that, in my home, there are certain areas that tend to accumulate at a higher rate than others. And I'm thinking of my pantry. <laughs> You've got items in boxes that eventually dwindle down to just one or two pieces remaining in a mostly empty box. And at least in my home, it's not uncommon for a graveyard of mostly crumbs chip bags to be left at the bottom of our food bins over time. And all of this can lead to clutter quickly accumulating in areas like the pantry or places where you're storing food. So to stay on top of this, we typically do a monthly pantry reset. During this sweep, we sort through the bins, we remove expired items and mostly empty boxes, and we usually place any of the straggler items, the leftover bars from a box, in one central location, like a big bowl or bin, which makes them easier and more accessible and convenient, so people are encouraged to finish off the old before the new, reducing food waste, but also it allows you to declutter the space that's in your pantry and free up that space for new, fresh things to come in. So you're not wasting all of that space with mostly empty boxes. So let's talk about low traffic areas. Some examples of this might be guest rooms, basements, um, storage closets or attics and spare bedrooms is typically a good approach. So this helps to prevent overwhelming clutter accumulation and keep that storage space functional without a ton of intervention, just minimal intervention, but also making it to where you can find what you need and you're not worried about a million things falling on top of you because you've shoved so much in there over the years. So as with the light traffic areas, I tend to lead more towards an organic process of shifting and decluttering the space when I'm naturally needing to pull things out or put things away. So for us, this tends to be when we take the air conditionings out. We have window units because for some reason, somebody decided that most of the spaces in Oregon don't need central AC and heating. And so, you know, there's a time of the year when it gets hot enough that we pull out the AC units. Around that time, we're also looking into camping gear, right? Because when it starts getting hot, that's around the time that we start going camping. So this is really the perfect time for us to do our checks of what type of camping gear we have, which is the majority of our storage stuff. Most of the stuff in our particular storage is related to camping gear, air conditionings, and Christmas seasonal items. And then it just so happens that around the time that we go to put the air conditionings back in the storage area, it's roughly time to start taking an inventory of our seasonal items and start pulling those out too. So we're usually able to get away with largely a biannual review of our low traffic storage areas. Now that is coming from a minimal 
minimalist household, right? We don't have a ton of stuff that we're keeping. And before we store anything, we're usually considering if it's even worth storing or if we want to just sell it or get rid of it. I hate having to store things. Not everybody is like that. Not everybody is minimalist with our stuff, and that's totally fine. But that may mean that you need to go through your low traffic areas quarterly or three times a year instead of biannually to keep them tamed and under control. There are some years where we end up doing a couple of extra reviews of our garage space if we have big changes. Which brings me to the next point, life changes. So during significant lifestyle changes, like a new baby or a family member moving in or out or working from home when you used to work in an office, you know, you might need to reassess your decluttering schedule to accommodate for these changes. And you'll very likely find yourself adding an impromptu decluttering spree here or there to accommodate the change when it happens. These are generally one-off situations and they're not usually predictable, you know, like you don't necessarily know when something is going to happen in your life that's going to mean that you need to create space for things. Even if you plan a baby or a pregnancy, that's not necessarily going to be something that's repeated year after year. So it's an impromptu type of thing, but it does happen. And it is very common for those to require additional decluttering or big sprees. So how often should you declutter? Essentially, if you go about using an organic decluttering method for your general high traffic areas, then you can get away with really just having to declutter twice a year, quarterly if you're somebody who likes to have more stuff. Ironically, holding on to more things means that you need to do a review more frequently because you have more things to review. Of course, the goal is to have an organized and enjoyable living environment, so regular intentional decluttering that's tailored to your usage patterns. 